0: Salutations to all, and welcome to a super special, awesome, best of 2014 edition of Generation Justice. I'm your ravishing host, Carson Lafferty.
1: And I'm your cool cat co host, Nicole Beatty. L O
0: V E. Love. Of. It's a simple four letter word, but it's at the heart of what we do here at Generation Justice.
1: In fact, it's one of our core values. We conduct our work from a place of love and we commit ourselves to interacting with all people in a respectful way that exemplifies
0: love. And so for tonight's best of 2014 show, we're bringing you the cream of the crop, the finest, the first rate, the choicest moments from this past year that demonstrate all the meanings of love.
1: Love for each other, love for our state, love of music, Love for ourselves, love of the earth, and our land. Tonight, our studio is filled with love.
0: You'll also be hearing some phenomenal love inspired songs throughout the hour, so stay tuned.
1: Our first song is by the hip hop crew from Los Angeles called The Visionaries. Here's If You Can't Say
2: Love.
3: song if we can't say
4: love, love and if we can't say love,
3: here. I even
4: wrote song we share, if we can't say love, This
1: past September, Generation Justice was at the Rail Yards Market celebrating love.
0: The Native Health Initiative and other community organizations hosted an event at the rail yards that celebrated everything in New Mexico that is love-funded, love-inspired, and that uses love as a framework.
1: Generation Justice Fellows Christina Rodriguez and Chantel Trujillo attended the event and were moved to write about their experiences.
0: Leading off is Christina Rodriguez with her reflection on that lovely Sunday at the rail yards.
5: It was early on a Sunday morning. My dad and I walked up to the rail yards to join the Celebrating Love event. I was excited to go to the rail yards for my first time, especially alongside my dad and my Generation Justice family. It was an opportunity to do what I love doing, alongside people that I love. Being my first time at the rail yards, I was admiring the blue and green glass tiles that run up and down every wall. There were people mingling outside the rail yards, getting something to eat from the food trucks, listening to the beats slip out of the gaps in the glass. I could hear the slam poets, the rappers, the singers, all taking the stage and sharing their talents. Everyone became a leader because anyone can teach us a new way to love. The voices that echoed throughout were bursting with identity, creativity, and self-expression. Sometimes, a poem or a story will take you somewhere you've never been. Both were readily available in every direction you looked. Celebrating love was a way for us to celebrate storytelling, a way for us to share our stories, our art, and the love that we pour into the work that we do and the state that we live in. Sometimes I feel as if New Mexico is clouded with bad news. We have so much beauty, but turning on the TV can flood your mind with reports of corruption or violence. For me, it's easy to get lost in political advertisements, police violence, biased education systems, and stories about how dangerous the world can be. And sometimes I have a right to be angry, and I have a right to be frustrated, but there's also a lot about New Mexico that allows me to feel nothing but love. Through celebrating love, I learned that it isn't just a matter of the heart, but it can come from anywhere. It can manifest in so many ways. Imagine if every thought you had was created through love. If you were filled with love, what would you do? If you weren't afraid, what would you do? What would I do? This is exactly what the Celebrating Love event asked of us that day at the rail yards. Not only that, but they wanted us to see what love truly looks like. Love looks like children laughing, a magic trick, biting into fresh fruit, a poem through a microphone, the movement of a trapeze artist, the way paint clumps on a canvas, on a face, on a wall. Love brought the rail yards to life that day. The energy was alive from first thing in the morning until late in the afternoon, and it gave us strength to remember that we can color our lives with this energy and that this energy is limitless. It was refreshing to remember that we are all united with love.
0: Christina, you're an incredible wordsmith. My mind was racing with all those amazing images you described for us about love.
1: I really enjoyed how you found love in even the simplest of things. Like you said, love is not just a matter of the heart.
0: Continuing on with our Best of 2014 Love edition of Generation Justice, here's Chantel Trujillo with her experience at the Celebrating Love event.
4: On September 14th, a group of Generation Justice members attended the Celebrating Love event at the Rail Yards Market in downtown Albuquerque. This event was all about love and community. And the day began beautifully, that is, until I was told that Pauly Danetclaw and I would be speaking about Generation Justice to all of the people that packed the market. My mood took a dive. I was barely comfortable enough to speak to my team members, much less an entire building filled with people. I said no. I immediately said no. I couldn't do it. My team members took me aside to offer me words of advice and comfort. By this time, my whole body was already tense, and I was on the verge of having a panic attack. I know how you feel, they said. Do you? Do you really know how I feel? Anxiety is one of those things that completely separates you from the world. When these attacks arise, it's just you and your fear. Nothing else exists. They reassured me that they had my back and that they wouldn't let me fail. Roberto Rael, our beloved director, walked up to us, looked me in the eyes, and said, This is an opportunity for us to honor Generation Justice, and I chose you for this honor. There's not much to say after hearing such powerful words of encouragement and support from my Generation Justice family. It was definitely a wake-up call. Why has it always been so easy for me to succumb to my fear? As we made our way to the stage, I was incredibly uncomfortable, but somehow, my fear had subsided. What was happening? The fear had never left me like this before. Why now? Was I actually beginning to understand how to embrace an experience? The MC Cyrus Moses, introduced our group, and we all walked on stage. Roberta spoke about the importance and beauty of the work that we do. As she was speaking, I leaned in to ask Polly if I could go first. She nodded, and I thought to myself, What? Why did I do that? I don't want to speak to all of these strangers. Why did I volunteer myself to go first? Roberta handed the microphone to Polly, but Polly pointed at me, and I reached out to grab it. I don't remember exactly what I said while I was speaking into the microphone, but I remember finishing with, If you love the world, and if you love your community, it becomes your responsibility to spread that love. I walked off stage with a smile. If there's anything that I've learned about love since I began working with Generation Justice, it's the importance of believing and acting upon love as a source of empowerment. Doing this paves the way to loving and honoring others, but also loving and honoring yourself. When I was on that stage, speaking to all of those people, feeling their energy as they felt mine, I came to realize something very important. When our actions are coming from a place of love, there is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear because there will always be people who will reciprocate that love. It seems ironic to be overcome by this lesson on love at an event that is celebrating love, but then again, perhaps that was the purpose in the first place. The truth is, we need more love. Like water, like bravery, like music, or green chili chicken enchiladas, you simply can never have enough.
0: Thank you, Chantel. You showed us that love is a powerful way for us to overcome our fears. That's important to love and honor ourselves.
1: At the Celebrating Love event in September, we also had an opportunity to speak with community members on what love means to them. Here's a collection of their voices.
3: I define love as work that we do for the spiritual growth of ourselves or others.
4: For me, love is an action, um, and it's an action to live with integrity and to live as though we're really connected to each other.
6: To me, love is helping
5: other people.
4: Love is giving time and energy. Love is energy. Love is a positive energy.
6: I love our foods, I love our cultures. I love that we're a place that I feel like celebrates diversity as opposed to shuns it.
4: We have such a clear sky and such a pretty scenery. You know, especially this time of year, I just say to my children as we're driving down the street, mira nomas," which means just look, man, because the skies are magnificent every day. Social justice cannot be achieved without love for your community. That means if you're not passionate, if you're not 100% genuine with what you're doing and why you're doing it, nothing's going to change.
6: Cornel West says something to the effect
3: of justice is what love looks like in public, and I I agree with that. I think if, if you are rooted in a place of love for your community, it makes it a lot easier to connect to people on issues that they care about because you're coming from the same place.
6: We can talk about war 365, but we can't talk about love. There's something wrong with that picture. Peace, blessings, I love you, New Mexico.
1: Thanks to all of those who participated in the Celebrating Love event and who shared their thoughts with us.
0: Love is a verb, it's an action, I really enjoyed hearing that because it's something that I witnessed over and over in 2014. And up next, we have a perfectly titled song, Love is a Verb by John Mayer
3: so you gotta show 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 me show 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 me show 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 me that love is
0: a welcome back to our special best of 2014 edition of generation justice tonight we're sharing moments from this past year that highlight one of our core values Love.
1: Right around Valentine's Day this year, Generation Justice member Brittany Sosi sat down with native New Mexican and designer of P.M. Waterlily Patricia Michaels.
0: Not only is Patricia a well-renowned fashion designer, she is also a strong advocate for marriage equality. Now, here's Brittany Sosi with Patricia Michaels.
6: Hi, my name is Brittany Sosi, and I'm here with Generation Justice along with Miss Patricia Michaels. Could you tell me a little bit about your opinion and how does marriage equality and social justice intersect with each other?
2: It's really important that we have marriage equality and social justice on the same plane because if you want to be respected, then you have to respect back. There's no such thing as selective respect. And that's one of the main words that we learn as being Native American. So it's time that As being leaders or being a part of our culture growing, then we need to be able to be open and really give from our hearts and let down any kinds of fears that is preconceived ideas that has been inflicted in by other societies coming into our cultures and not having that. Since my grandfather was a leader, I knew that he raised us to be very open to whoever came through our doors, and I don't ever want that to ever be dispelled because I knew that it didn't matter if it was somebody from Vietnam who came through the door, if it was somebody who was a drunk who came through the door, if it was, you know, somebody who was gay who came through the door. He didn't treat anybody differently. Being a leader, he knew that you had to treat everybody equal because you can't Continue to make a culture strong if you're going to, like, say, well, this person's not good enough for the culture. No, everybody is equal. Nobody is better than the next person. And, like I have said earlier this evening, you know, water doesn't decide where it goes when it falls from the ground, it lands where it lands. And, same with love. I believe love is the same way it's not selective, it doesn't discriminate. Where it finds itself and where a person finds their love, is what should be nurtured. And only those people know that. We don't know. We can't judge. Very beautifully said. And the symbolism in
6: that really got visual into my head. So thank you for that. Could you tell me um, about PM Waterlily and where do you get your inspiration for your designs? I mean, being a native New Mexican, and you run Project Runway and everything...
2: Well, I love P.M. Waterlily because it's about my visions um, being a Native American raised in Santa Fe at a Catholic parochial school because my mother was a single parent. And in order for her to put food on the table for us and the family, she had to move to to santa fe and you know taos back in the 60s and the 70s was only like a 40 minute drive because there's hardly any cars in the road but for me it was a journey where native americans were misunderstood and they didn't know the diversity of our culture and and the, the type of different people and ceremonies and things that we participated in. So PM Waterlily explores really the ancient to the very contemporary and modern. I don't ever want to be stifled by any anthropolitical view or any kind of um, Hollywood view. This is about the heart. Do you have
6: any wisdom for young people involved in with campaigns such as marriage equality?
2: Yes, just look into your heart and really Think that this is the commitment and step that you want to do. Don't abuse the fact that you're given love. And with that love, if that's what you're going to do to nurture it, to really take that step, then continue to nurture it in the best way you can. Don't abuse it, don't take it for granted, don't try to control because you can't control anything. And so if at some point in time you've been hurt by negating that, that you could go through with it by law or family, just know that with your partner, if you're strong and you're willing to really stay and embrace one another the best way you can, then don't give up. Just know then that's what being committed to somebody and loving that person that's what it means. That's staying with your partner for who they are and no judgment. Nobody has to boss your love around or it has to be a certain way. Just know that if you have that opportunity to really then consummate it, then take care of it, just nurture it. I know this campaign
6: really means a lot to you and you know you expressed that when you presented and you know, I it kind of brought me like what tears to my eyes just because that really hits home for me with like the way I grew up and so well you kind of already answered this question um, that you you do believe that there's a, a correlation that exists between your fashion and
2: social justice yes it there is a huge parallel that happens with social justice and fashion and tie the knot because I work with gay people in my industry it would be crazy to think that that would be something that I would be against and function. I would not be functioning. You know, that's like saying I'm gonna be making a, these garments without fabric. I love my work. I absolutely love my work. And part of my work is working with people that I love with, that I love to work with. You know, that I love with. I don't know I can, but that you know I love to work with. So it's a parallel you know you support one another this is part of who you are they become part of your family they become part of the language of they embrace beauty they embrace loving to show how you know fabulous and they are with design and clothing and art and you see their point of view and it makes sense and it's fun and it's fun to discuss and it's It's fun to argue with, you know, you would look at all the different aspects and these are all the people that I work with. So why wouldn't I want to embrace them? It wouldn't make sense. It's like I would be in another, like, a sad place if if I wasn't staying up for what I believe in.
1: I really appreciate how Patricia said that there's always a need for mutual respect for one another.
0: You're so right, Nicole. And by tying the knot of social justice and marriage equality, as Patricia described, we can really honor the idea of loving each other in positive and respectful ways. I'm so glad that my little sister Brittany got the chance to speak with someone as influential and uplifting as Patricia Michaels. I love you, little sis.
1: Our next song on tonight's special, Best of 2014 Love Edition of Generation Justice, is Ziggy Marley's Love is My Religion. We'll be right back.
3: to their soul. Hey. Love
7: is my religion. Love is my religion. Love is my religion. You can
3: take it, believe it, and you don't have to believe it.
0: In two thousand fourteen, the world lost a giant an inspirational role model, author, poet, friend, and social justice activist, Maya Angelou.
1: Because Maya Angelou touched so many lives with her poetic words, our Generation Justice family decided to honor her by sharing our favorite quotes and reflecting on them.
0: Here is Generation Justice members, Victor Torres, Tama Fenderson, Munther Jabber, Gada Jawad, Jason Fuller, and Muhammad Jabber with their quotes.
8: My favorite quote by Dr. Angelo is, love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. This
4: is my Maya Angela quote. I do not trust people who don't love themselves yet tell me I love you. There is an African saying which is, be careful when a naked person offers you a shirt. In a world where racism, sexism, classism, and other discriminations still exist, I find that one of the most difficult steps in changing things is learning to love yourselves despite surrounding hatred. The first step in learning to love others unconditionally is learning to know and love you. I am a true believer that you must understand and exude what you wish to create. What better place to start than yourself?
3: This is my Maya Angelou quote. Words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes a human's voice to infuse them with deeper meaning. This quote spoke to me because as youth, we need to voice our opinion with passion, and that's what we do here at Generation Justice.
6: My favorite quote by Maya Angelou is, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them.
5: This
2: is my Maya Angelou quote. You may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter defeat so you can know who you are, what you can rise from, and how you can still come out of it. This quote speaks to me because defeat could be a good thing and a bad thing. It can knock you down and put you in a low part in your life. And it can also teach you how to deal with defeat, and that can make you stronger.
3: And this is my Maya Angelou quote. I've learned that people will
8: forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people would never forget how you made them feel. To me, this quote means that regardless of what you say to individuals and the impressions that you
3: make on people, they may never actually fully remember the words, but it's the the point, it's the purpose, it's the love behind those words. And it's really about the time that an individual takes out of their day to really pass that knowledge on to you.
0: I wasn't familiar with Maya Angelou until I came back to Generation Justice, but I really appreciate hearing her words on love and how it transcends barriers and obstacles.
1: She truly is an incredible woman with many different talents, each of which she infused with the power of love.
0: Next up, we have a song by Ben Harper. Its name and lyrics are a tribute to Maya Angelou's poem, I'll Rise.
3: Take up me with your eyes. And I'll rise, I'll rise, I'll rise, rise, rise. Out of the shacks of history's shame, but from a past rooted in pain. I'll rise,
7: I'll rise, i rise.
1: On September 21st, we witnessed the largest climate protest ever.
0: Over 600,000 people from 160 countries around the world joined in the People's Climate March to demand immediate action on climate change and to express their love for Mother Earth.
1: A few days after this historic march, we were happy to be joined by three New Mexicans who experienced it firsthand. Monica Cordova, Michael Leon Guerrero,
9: and Javier Benavides.
0: Now, here's a portion of that conversation with our very own Pauly Dineclaw.
9: This is Pauly Dineclaw, and I'm sitting here with Michael Leon Guerrero, Javier Benavidez, and Monica Cordova. Welcome to Generation Justice. I'm so glad that you guys are here and you took the time out of your day to come and talk with us about the People's Climate March. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
6: Thanks, Pauly. It's all great to be here.
9: Can you tell me about the People's Climate March that you all attended uh, last Sunday in New York City?
3: It was a big, exciting event of the estimates are up to 400,000 people that marched through the streets of New York uh, demanding uh, action on climate change by the United Nations, which met a few days later in New York City. The message was that there is a growing movement in the United States mm-hmm. because in the, the fact is that there's the, there's a strong movement around the rest of the world, but it, we hadn't reflected that here in the United States. Uh, and so we had to send a different message that, in fact, there is a strong growing movement that's very diverse on these issues. And I think we were successful in doing that. What was most powerful for me was just to see something different this time around with uh – Communities who were affected uh, directly by situations of environmental injustice uh, at the front of the march. And that was very deliberate, I know, by the organizers to highlight people, you know, uh, other communities who've seen, you know, their coastlines raising, arising, um, even New Mexicans who uh, are dealing with, you know, the pollution and the drought and the forest fires, which are all a result of climate change uh, in some way or another.
9: And why do you think... um Diversity is so important to this movement.
3: First of all, it affects everybody. The climate crisis is really a symptom of the economic crisis, and it's a symptom of economic policies that have been uh, going on for 30 or 40 years now that's helped to do is intensify global uh, carbon emissions because it's, it's intensified industrial production, and so that's helped to intensify the amount of carbon that's in the air.
6: And I would just say, you know, and then we we pit the, you know, our communities against each other in relationship to this. So then it becomes, you know, is it do you want good jobs or do you want a clean environment? And recently we were, you know, trying to tie in air, air regulations here locally. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why are the solutions either, you know, one or the other? Mm-hmm. It's because the priority is profit. The priority isn't our communities. The priority isn't
9: our environment. It's like you can have this or that. As a young person growing up in this environment of profit over people, profit over planet, and just growing up knowing that to not pollute the planet, I am a Diné woman. I am indigenous to this land, and it holds it's it's very sacred to me. When I think of where I come from, when I think of my roots, I think of the land. Mm-hmm. You have to protect it. You have to honor it. That's why this is so important to me. Mm-hmm. And for once, you know, someone is someone saying, yes, you know, mm-hmm. you are community affected. Mm-hmm. And in front of 400,000 people, for Indigenous people to be at the forefront, it warms my heart and it's mm-hmm. just so indescribable and i really like i wish i had been there because it would have been so beautiful to be among other indigenous people across the country and to advocate for not only myself but my children and my children's children and Mm -hmm. this movement is really amazing and it's really powerful
6: thank you so much for sharing
9: your story
0: it It is is a spiritual spiritual fight fight. yeah i mean it is
3: uh,
9: And what are some concrete actions that we can do?
3: The the Alliance, the Climate Justice Alliance, we have this Our Power campaign. Um, Southwest Organizing Project is a member of the campaign. So, And I think the the work that SWAP is doing around food justice issues, about stopping development, and support those that are going to lead us towards real uh, local living economies – I think that's the work that can happen now and um, and so I think supporting the work of Southwest Organizing Project and other groups that are doing similar work I think is really is really vital and something that people can start to do immediately.
9: And Javier,
3: if you want to visit us, uh, check out www.swop.net. Uh,
9: I want to thank you all for being here with us and talking with us about, you know, climate change and climate action. So, once again, Michael, Javier, Monica, thank you all for being here with us.
0: Thank you. Thank you, you, Polly.
1: That was a powerful interview.
0: When Polly shared her feelings with us, her appreciation and respect for this ancestral land that we love, it was one of my favorite moments of 2014. Thank you, Polly.
1: And thank you to all our guests, Monica Cordova, Michael Leon Guerrero and Javier Benavides for sharing their experience and thoughts with us. Next, on this special best of 2014 edition of Generation Justice, we continue to talk about climate change.
0: Generation Justice member and New York correspondent Luna Olavaria Gallegos also attended the climate march. There, she spoke with artists. Organizers and activists about why protecting land and resources is important to them. Let's take a listen to Luna's piece.
10: Sunday, over 300,000 people convened in New York City for the largest climate march of history. The People's Climate March brought together people from all over the country just a week before the United Nations Climate Summit to show solidarity for all environmental issues. What sets this march apart from others is its emphasis on indigenous solidarity and issues specific to people of color, immigrants, and people in developing countries. Fabiana Artists, activists, and co-founder of Culture Strike had this to say.
8: Well, um, I think this is a really important moment for everyone
6: to um, feel inspired and activate around climate change and then have a beginning
3: to how it is that we're going to build a real climate movement that includes everyone, not just environmentalists, but what we call frontline communities, people who are most affected by climate change, poor people.
10: Although this march was unique in many perspectives based on gender and race issues, it is not the first of its kind. In 1991, the first National People of Color Environmental Leadership Summit was held in Washington, D.C., and, as one of the main points in its framework, emphasized how people of color are most impacted by environmental degradation. Today, the same struggles seem to be present. A native Filipina marching with the Indigenous Peoples Movement for Self-Determination and Liberation spoke about why it's important to center stories of people of color and indigenous people.
8: Uh, the, the, the world Knows and should know that the remaining forests and natural resources of the earth remain in indigenous peoples' lands, in indigenous peoples' territories. Why is that? Because for us, indigenous peoples, our lands, our territories, our natural resources, our are our, our uh, lives.
10: Throughout the march, there were different blocks of people representing specific communities, all marching together. One group, with people in solidarity with immigrants, focused their art chance, and overall message around how we must find a solution to climate change because we share this world.
4: We're working with a group of indigenous migrants who are making a statement about global citizenship, like the, the idea that migration is a natural thing. People have moved all across this globe and set up homes and civilizations for themselves, and people should uh, really respect the fact that you know this world belongs to all of us.
10: U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon said climate change is the defining issue of our times, urging the body that now is the time for action.
0: Thank you, Luna, for bringing us the incredible collection of voices right from the march.
1: A common thread that I heard was that the fight to protect Mother Earth is one that is filled by love. Love of the land and its connections to culture and the human spirit.
0: Our next song is called Change is Needed by the Climate Change Crew. Make it happen.
1: Life in the streets ain't
4: easy. Okay. Look in my eyes and try to see what I'm feeling. Yeah, my name is Jesse, and I'm from the Climate Crew, trying to change the world to make it do what it do.
5: Not only beautiful. my words are powerful, we got a song.
0: we can be the we change. Welcome back to the special best of 2014 edition of Generation Justice. In the spring of 2014, Paulie Deneck interviewed Alison Steinman and Audra Blea, also known as Lil Threat Loca.
1: Both Allison and Audra are part of the New Mexico Jazz Workshop's Empowerment Through Music Digital Technology Project.
0: The project works with incarcerated youth and empowers them through love and the practice of music.
1: Through composing songs, therapeutic journaling, and group discussions, these youth build their skills, share their
9: stories, and express their love.
0: Now, here's Polly Deneklaw with Alison Steinman and Audra Bleya.
9: Hello, this is Polly Deneklaw, and I'm sitting here with Lilith Loca, also known as Audra Blea, and Alison Steinman. Thank you both so much for being here with us today. It's great to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Can you both tell me a little bit about yourselves?
7: Yeah, this is Allison, and I'm a musician, a local musician here in Albuquerque. I play in a few bands locally, and I'm also a music educator. And I teach at uh, a few different places, uh, including the Jazz Workshop, who does this Empowerment Through Music program that we're here to represent our students. And then I also teach at Amy Bill High School, teach music there, and also at Warehouse 508 Youth Teen Arts Center.
8: My name is Audra Blea. They call me Little Threat, Little Threat Loca, born and raised in Burke. I'm a local hip hop artist here, singer, rapper, music producer, artist, vocalist, I mean, you name it, I do it been working with the kids since 2004 actually. I just believe you know reaching out to the communities and actually dealing with these kids on the streets and gangs and drugs and all these issues you know it it really sets an example to see one of them actually do something with their lives as that's how I grew up when I was younger. So in all actuality I turned my music into a positive message reaching out to our kids saying you know you can be something better you can do something better. So
9: Allison
7: you mentioned the New Mexico Jazz Workshop can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the Jazz Workshop has these educational programs, and part of their educational programs called Empowerment Through Music are more outreach, um, including the one that we teach in the Youth Development and Diagnostic and Development Center YDDC. They also do uh, what's called the South Valley Band Project, which is set up to be uh, more on the prevention side of things, meaning that they have an after-school program, a music program for a middle school down at Harrison. And so these programs are meant to reach music to youth as, a, as an outlet, as a way for them to enjoy who they are and what they have to say. Um, and yeah, so that's part of the New Mexico Jazz Workshop educational programs. Why do you think music is such a compelling
9: way to tell stories?
8: Because I don't care who you are or where you come from, you hear something, whether it's lyrics or even just the music, just the instruments behind it, it's going to bring out some type of emotion. I mean, I don't want to say necessarily it's a type of therapy, as I'm not a therapist, but in all actuality, as I was growing up, if I was in a bad mood and I listened to a very encouraging song, I was like, heck yeah, let's go out and get it, let's do it. You know, it, it uplifts you, it has the opportunity to make you feel angry, to make you feel sad, to make you feel happy, to take you back to those memories like Ali was talking about, to take you back to where you come from, even if it was the darkest and the worst place in the world. And Porque Albuquerque has a lot of places like that. I've seen these kids every single day, man, and I mean, just the music and the way that it, they embrace it. it, it's everything to them. Oh, I'm going to throw on Tupac, I'm going to jam Miss. I'm gonna make your own song. And then at, at the end of the day, you know, even if it's two, two words that they put down, you know, I mean, the, the power and, and the emphasis they put on those words, even if it's just, I'm alive, that in all actuality is a message. That's awesome.
9: How has this program and this music, this ability to be able to create
7: music impacted um, the young people that you work with? We actually asked them that. And so we did ask what the class did for how it impacted them. So I'm going to read something that someone else wrote. So this is Brett. And he says, the classes made me think outside of the box. It gave me another hobby, which I should or will continue to do on the outs. So encouraging the self-expression as something valuable in his life. To build off what Ali said, you know, I I agree.
8: And I tell that to all my kids. What do you want to aspire to? What do you aspire to be when you grow up? I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to be a multi-billionaire. I'm trying, trust me, I'm trying. But in all actuality, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? How do you want to portray yourself? What's your message you want to get across? And I try to emphasize that to my kids. I try to tell them, you know, you cannot become be on top of the world. You cannot be at the top of the mountain unless you climb it first. End the story. But you're that much stronger just in case you fall down. I'm gonna read you, read you something by uh, Katrina, one of one of my students. Um, I said, you know, how has this class impacted you? This class has impacted me a lot. How to express. It's taught me how to express and deal with my feelings in a positive manner. It showed me that music is an escape. It makes me feel relieved and it feels good to just get lost in the music, like I'm in a different world where it's just me and the music. So what we like to teach the kids and emphasize to them is it's okay to be where you're from. Where do you want to go? And how are you gonna get there? Well, I don't know, miss, how's music gonna help me? I don't know, how is it gonna help you? So basically empowering them. You know, it's Empowerment Through Music. That's the name of our program, and it's a perfect name because these children really, really feel empowered at the end of this class. Okay. It's a powerful program. This program is, is really helping our children. It is. Can you talk a little bit about how it has positively impacted
7: and possibly changed the lives of some of the young people you work with? These youth are brilliant. They're really brilliant. And I can't say, oh, someone's more brilliant than somebody else. But for somebody, for people who have been told that they're worthless and stupid, they are as brilliant as any youth I ever meet. And if anything, they know more because survival teaches you things that you don't learn necessarily when you have encouragement in your life. And so I want that to also come out, too, is just how incredibly smart, how incredibly gifted, how incredibly eloquent these youth are they're just discovering it if they haven't already I love being part of that seed starting to come through
8: I'm gonna read this I'm gonna read this last one by Nicole who loves to be called Sosa. so um, I asked her what do you want the public to know about you and her answer was what I want the public to know about me is I'm 16 I'm an artist that has lived my life the wrong way, so I'm trying my best to make a difference. I'm learning from my mistakes, and I'm on a road to success, whether it be in music or another career, because I believe in myself, and I have many other people that believe in me as well. I've been locked up since July. Being locked up sucks, but it also is giving me a second chance at life's programs, like jazz, to make differences in young adults, young adults' lives like my own. The music industry can teach a lot emotionally and life-wise. I'm a stay me through just more positive. I'll encourage all the troubled teens, make a difference, to support anti-bullying, to stay in school, don't end up in a place like me because I would give up my world to spend just a couple of hours with my family or even be able to open my own door. Music is my voice.
9: You know, I really want to thank you both for um, coming to talk,
7: coming and talking with us. And is there anyone that you would like to thank? Well, I want to go ahead and thank Gabriel and Ricky and Zach and Brett and Morgan and Fulton and all the guys that were in my class this last session. And I also want to thank Debo and Maud at the Jazz Workshop for all their word, hard work and making this happen and for the folks at YDDC for allowing this to be a positive class in their, in their uh, curriculum. I just want to give a shout out to all my girls, um, Pearl,
8: Nicole, Renetta, Katrina, Lisa, Julia, um, Christina, um, I, really, I, I really enjoyed having you guys in the class and all the guards you know, they, they really helped me out this, this semester, this this session. Um, Debo and Maude, um, more than anything, I want to thank Ali, and I really want to thank John and Priya as well. Absolutely. Um, they have taught me so much as far as production and how to use Ableton Live and how to, to make things come to life with these children. And I'm honest, honestly honored to be part of this program. A huge thank you to
1: Audra and Allison, your work combats the school-to-prison pipeline here in Albuquerque.
0: Nicole, listening to this interview, I could really hear in an Audra and Allison's voices of how much they love working with these youth.
1: You're right, Carson, and their contribution has no doubt positively impacted the lives of these many young people.
0: And now, here's a song from one of the youths in the Empowerment Through Music program. This song is called Never Give Up by Nicole S., because
4: at the end of all this no one's got my back but me and even my shadow leaves me in the darkest hours i'll trust no one until i can trust myself i'll love the ones that love me and forgive the ones i hate because i've always loved the ones that hurt me and hated the ones who loved me i was once told the hardest decision in life is deciding whether to give up or push harder but in my life giving up has never been an
5: answer
1: Well, we have reached the end of our special Best of 2014 show tonight. Thank you all for joining us this evening.
0: Thanks to all of our guests that joined us this year, who shared their work, their wisdom, and their love with us. Patricia Michaels, Javier Benavides,
1: Monica Cordova, Michael Leon Guerrero, Allison Steinman, and Audra Blea. Special thanks as well to Chantel Trujillo and Christina Rodriguez,
0: Paulie D'Neclaw, Brittany Sosi, Luna Oliveria Gallegos. Shout out to all our adult co-conspirators for their production assistance. Roberto Rael, Melissa Harris, Kamaria Umi, and George Luna Pena.
1: Much appreciation to all our youth media makers here at Generation Justice. We couldn't do what we do without you.
0: Stay connected with us. Check out our website at generationjustice.org where you can listen to all of our past shows, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and much, much more. Also, our podcasts are now available on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing in 2015.
1: We're also active on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McEwen Foundation and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. I'm your host, Carson Lafferty.
1: And I'm your co-host, Nicole Beatty. We will end the show with one more song, then following us on KUNM is Spoken Word.
0: See you next Sunday at 7 o'clock, and as always, keep it casual, Albuquerque.
1: And much love
3: about race and age. Whites put you away. Hispanic, blacks, and locals stay locked in a cage. The rex's moms, and dads work hard every day, but yet they still come home on just minimum wage. Whites are on the road. High positions making
8: money. It ain't gonna stop. Just like the battery bunny. Most billionaires are too greedy to throw green to the needy. Judgment day will come. Selfish souls will be bleeding. See karma's for real.
10: Best believe she's a... The government's worse in this game, like a glitch. They're the shadows we see in the corners.